at you with episode six of the Wolf City Gaming Podcast. I'll be your host for this ride. My name is Cameron. With me today, we have the angriest boy, Marcus. What up? And then we got the master of the Pythagorean theorem, Kevin. <laughs> What's up, yo? <laughs> What's up with the Pythagorean theorem, Kevin? You want to talk oh, about no. that? <laughs> uh, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Marcus doesn't know ins- that story. <laughs> oh, God. It's an inside joke. Um, back in the day, we had a uh, fairly hot teacher in math. That's pretty good looking. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I remember one time, like, oh, guys, this is going to be TMI. So um, if you just have like kids every listening, just uh, cover the ears. No, um, so... In class, I remember me and Cameron were just chilling, and then we were learning about the Pythagorean. I can't say it. Pythagorean. Anyways, yeah. And then um, we, she said, a squared plus b squared equals c squared. And you know, as a teenager, you get those random boners. Yeah, um, it happened randomly there, and I was like, wow. <laughs> and I told, I told Cameron, and yeah, that's just that's just been an inside joke since forever. <laughs> that doesn't sound very random, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just uh I just have a hard on for math. There you go. Same. How's the week been, boys? What have you guys been up to? My weekend's uh gonna be ending here soon already. I'm about to go back to work tomorrow, which I'm alright with it, I guess. So what about you guys? You gotta like go to sleep right like right after this podcast. When, no, when nothing like that. I usually would go to sleep maybe like for to, for if I'm gonna go to work tomorrow, I would try going to sleep maybe like four or five p.m. a.m. and then like waking up like around two three and then going to work on work overnights now, which is cool. I like it honestly. Was it a hard adjustment or was it pretty easy for you? Um, at first it wasn't, um, but like, I think once you get the third day in, it's where it kind of starts kicking your ass. You're like, oh shit. Um, and like, I don't know, it ebb and flows. What about you, Marcus? What you went out to? <laughs> I, I was racking my brain. I can't even remember like what I did last weekend. Um, this one just getting started. Uh, last night we kind of celebrated my partner's birthday. Um, we went over to a friend's house who was nice enough to, to host and we did kind of like a blow up mattress bean bags type thing with a projector. Um, and, and, uh, my, my partner has this weird obsession with Tom Holland. Uh, so we watched the shitty uncharted movie on Netflix again, and that just really reinforced how bad, um, that movie is. So. So you've well, seen we that twice pizza, now, huh? hung out with friends. Yeah, I've seen it twice and in my peripheral on a on a plane too. And <laughs> yeah, isn't so pl- uh, isn't there a plane crash scene in that movie? Yeah, there is. <laughs> I thought they liked. I thought like airplanes tried not showing shit like that. Well, that's not really a pl- plane crash. It, it is in the game, but I think in the movie they just like fall out with the crates and then there's a oh like they just they open the cargo and shit. The yeah mm-hmm. i think it it crashes in the game but i don't think it does in the movie gotcha that's cool that sounds like a fun night 
Yeah, it was cool. It does. I went and watched that uh that bullet train movie last night. Have you guys seen anything about that? Is that the one yeah. with uh sorry, is that the one with um the Ryan Gosling? No, no, it's Whoa. got a <laughs> It's a disrespect. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh it's got Brad Pitt in it. And um Brad Pitt, sorry, my bad. It's actually got the dude that plays Paperboy from Atlanta and the female lead from Atlanta too. I don't remember any of their names, but they played like really Is good it, characters. Who's the What's female up? lead from Atlanta? I forget her name, but she's the one that uh, uh, Donald Glover's character is like has the kid with. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've seen. Yeah, that's Ozzy Beats. The yeah. thing that threw me off about that movie, though, was the dude that plays Paperboy. He's got like a British accent. And yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> yeah, no, those the characters in that movie. Fucking awesome. The way they tell the story is like really good. It's got like good parts action, good parts comedy. Like I think it's like right up Kevin's alley. I think he would love to see that one. I was yeah, almost I was getting like I was almost getting like Yakuza vibes from it. Fuck yeah. That sounds tight. <laughs> I'm down. That's what I was kind of seeing from it. Like it seems almost like a video game where like they have eccentric characters that are like bosses kind of. Big time. Like, yeah. Yeah. The train. yeah. Like yeah, he's almost cool. going through like the stages of levels with like <laughs> each boss. Yeah. There's a scene with uh with my colors in there. Magenta cyan. You guys already know. I was thinking of Gray Man when you said bullet train. I don't know why I was confusing that one. Both good looking leads. That's what you need in a movie. Just BP. Oh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah, oh. Brad Pitt's on <laughs> <laughs> I think Brad Pitt's what and like any everyone just needs. He's like such a good actor. Like he's he's like so mellowed out now and he plays like such different characters in like these like newer movies like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and like this movie. That was probably one of my favorite um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That one was so good. Yeah, I really like that one. Glorious. I like Inglorious better than that one, I think. Glorious Bastards was pretty good too. It's been a minute since I've seen that one. But that's that's a really that's good, a good movie. One. I love him in that one. How does he butcher the Italian word? French. I think it's French and he says yeah, bonjour. Yeah. <laughs> That's such that a good movie scene. was so good. Yeah. yeah. Movie, like it had I don't know, it had so many parts where I just get like fucking hyped up. It was a great movie. Alright, boys, you want to talk about some games? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's kick it off with Kevin. What have you been playing? Alright, I uh I've been playing three games and they're they're all kind of different here. Um, so the first game I was playing and I beat was uh, Inside. It's it's made by the people who made Limbo. And at first, I didn't really get what was happening. And then I think that's what kind of alludes to, honestly. But as you progress through the game, you start like getting this eerie vibe of like what is happening. And uh, I mean, there was some some really really scary parts in that game where i was like oh no i don't want to be i don't want to be in the water or like shit like that you know the just the the original nope type of gameplay um i really loved it it's very short game and um played it on steam deck and i had lots of fun um the second game i'm i'm gonna talk about is uh monster hunter rise um i keep on going back to that game um i really like it i'm starting to actually get the gist of like what 
and how to play that game. Um, if you never play that game, the learning curve is pretty steep. Um, not so much like, oh, I can't like move around, but like the the amount of menus and the amount of items, the amount of things you need to do, the amount of um, like what it takes to learn your type of weapons um, that you're going to be using. Um, all that stuff together, like it really makes it for a complex game. But I think once you start really getting it, and I'm still kind of learning here or there, so there's still a lot for me to learn on it. I think once you actually get everything, it becomes a very, like a very great experience. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing better than taking down a giant monster or like you're just whooping his ass. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, oh, shit, you know, my health's running low. My weapon is like, is a little dull or my stamina is going down. I, I need to like recoup. And all of a sudden, like you're in this battle and you hit the, the monster one last time and he just books it because like, he obviously does, he doesn't want to die. So he just leaves. He or she leaves. And uh, then that's when you start like recouping everything. Right. You start using the, the stone to to fix your swords. Um, you start healing and stuff like that. It's it's a really fun game. It's challenging. There's some cool quests in there. And yeah, Monster Hunter Rise, if you haven't played that one, I definitely recommend that. And if you do end up picking it up, you should play with me. And How many hours lastly, do you have on that? Oh, um, probably under 10, I would say. Under 10. So you're you, you would say you're still pretty like closer to the beginning than the end. Yeah, I've been jumping from game to game. But yeah, that one's one that like I've been kind of playing for like hours and then jumping into something else what's and, been your uh, favorite monster so far i haven't fought that many i've only fought like these three of them one of them was a like a koala looking thing that one i just fought yesterday and it was it was it's funny because like you'll be whooping its ass like and like i try going from behind and kicking its ass on like beating its ass literally um and all of a sudden he just jumps back and hits me with his ass like he just like booty Back bumps me and i was cheeks. like oh shit yeah i fucking he clapped back his cheeks clapped back and uh yeah no <laughs> exactly <laughs> um yeah, yeah it, it, oh gross that's the same move right <laughs> the the rikishi the signature yeah yeah the stink face oh, that's terrible <laughs> like uh anyways um do i i don't know i don't know how any of those those like dudes did it like take that move like not in like a homophobic way, like, but like just having some another dude's ass cheeks, like sweaty ass cheeks, like ass baby. You just you know, gotta like trust the, the dude. Fucking took a took a really good shower before that move got hit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last game I wanted to talk about was um, Pillars of Eternity. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have played that or heard of that one. It's a uh, it's a I think PC. No, actually, it's on all everything now. Um, it's an Obsidian game. And they're known for the RPGs. And let me tell you, this game is uh, this game is a D&D style game. It's like Diablo kind of, right? In that, a sense, but it's, but it's also very D&D. Like you have to pick your, like your formation of your characters where like how they're going to walk into an area and stuff. And then like you have to just collect stuff. And it, uh, honestly, like I always wanted to play or get into a game like that. And I finally pulled the trigger. Um, I, I kind of started with uh, Baldur's, Baldur's Gate. Uh, 
it's an old 96 i think uh pc game and um i was like you know what this is fun but it's like a little it's really dated and i was playing on steam deck so the controls are a little like iffy but honestly the more and more i played uh baldur's gate and pillars of eternity the the more the controls started to seem more intuitive and now i'm like actually i'm just loving it and i'm like playing playing uh pillars of eternity um a pillars of eternity if you don't know is a spiritual successor to Baldur's gate series and it's it, it looks great it runs great and i if you're into dnd or any like rpg style games i would definitely recommend playing this game uh so far i'm having fun and i'm i'm barely scratched the surface so i really can't talk much about it but it's great so far so you said it was a spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate. Like, where does it fall? Because I think there's, what, three of Baldur's Gates now? So is it, like, between them, or is it... Um, so so it's it's uh, it's not made by the same people. It's, like, just... Um, it's and not even the same story. It's just, like, its own type of game. Um, it's just almost the same gameplay, though, completely. Um the Baldur's Gate 3, I honestly think, was made um, due to the success of the Pillars of Eternity because it, it seemed like no one really was in that playing field. I think there was um, Divinity Original Sin and all that. Okay. Um, I think those games were like coming out, and I think that's when Baldur's Gate, they decided to make the, the new one. And I think that one's still in early access. And honestly, I want to play that one really bad because I'm, I'm digging these these uh rpg games so the style of rpg so i kind of want to check it out it's still in early access unfortunately yeah it looks great though honestly marcus got me that game for my birthday like was it last year or the year before probably two years now actually so it's been a fucking early access for two years now yeah that's tight so i'm just kind of sitting on it waiting for it to you know come out does it play though it It plays everything's good it's just there's no like achievements or anything or like no like and I don't want to get too far into where it's like okay none of the stuff's gonna unlock so I gotta go back and like replay it and shit. Mm-hmm. Pull a Hades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I <laughs> fucking fucked myself on Hades. Same here. I bought that one. I bought that one on Epic and I'm like, oh shit, I should have bought that on Steam. See, I got mine in early access and I like beat it and it's like, oh hey, come back later when we have more to show. That's it? Fuck. <laughs> what about you, Marcus? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing like two games, namely. Um, the main one I've been playing is uh, Days Gone. You finally got into that one? Yeah, I finally booted that one up. Um, How'd you like it? Dude, I, I, I fucking love it. Day, Days Gone is like everything I always wanted in a zombie game. So yes, <laughs> when when we had some of those early zombie games, I mean, I always had this thing in my head, like a nice open world one. It's super realistic, good protagonist, cool story. You got your apocalypse bike and everything's like hyper realistic. This one kind of checks all of those boxes. And I, what I really like is like how lifelike it is. And it creates these like wild scenarios that are super tense and enjoyable. And it's making it super fun. Um, and I'll give you guys an example of this. Like, let me paint a picture. Like Kevin says, I had a scenario where I was early on in the game. I hit the road with my bike. I'm out in like BFE 
I'm about to run out of gas. I turn around this bend and I see like the most gigantic horde of zombies I've ever seen in the game to date. Like I'm talking like Walking Dead style, like Rick Grimes had herded like <laughs> two to 300 himself. And I'm like, oh fuck. I take a hard right. I get about a hundred yards. I run out of gas. My heart's pumping. I pan the camera around and I see like two, 300 zombies running full speed at me and they just clobber me and kill me. <laughs> <laughs> i've been so, there so the, i mean the game's super cool in that sense and like i had another one like there's so much shit to worry about in this game at all times because there's so many enemies and stuff like that another time i was like cruising along i'm just kind of like panning the camera looking at the beautiful forest scenery and stuff like that um there was like a small group of zombies chasing me nothing like to worry about so i was just cruising and then out of nowhere i get like clotheslined off my bike my my bike slides i go flying and then i get like five to six like other survivors are charging me with like melee weapons like bats with nails in them and shit and then there's a fucking sniper like laser coming from up in the trees like and then i got zombies in my face and it's just freaking chaos like i got zombies attacking the survivors they're attacking me i got these guys coming after me with bats and and this game like you die in a couple hits it's not like you're superman like it's and especially early on like it's it's kind of hard even like where it's it's super realistic like you die super fast and there's just so much stuff every time you go out there's so many things to worry about mm-hmm. um there, there's so, like a ton of enemy types you when you uh when you say you got clotheslined is it like red dead style where like you're riding your horse and you hit like a low-hanging tree branch or was it like a cutscene kind of thing it's like not a cutscene. So like they'll be hiding behind trees and they run wire like in the thing. And then it'll like it'll blow up to like a scene and you get knocked off your bike and then your bike slides out and it zooms in and then it zooms back out to third person and um, they're charging you and, and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so there's like sounds pretty cool. There's, dude, it's, it's fucking cool. And there's so many enemy types in this. Like you got the zombies and then there's the special types of zombies. You got the basic bitches. You got the little kid ones that look like golems and they like they hide out on the rooftops and they're kind of passive. And then like if you get under them and stuff, they'll like jump on you. Um, So those were super creepy. The first time I saw one of those, it like creeped up on me and I was like, ah, I turned around and like bopped him with my bat and he just like (laughs) like limped up. And then um, there's like the breakers who are those basically look like Ryback as a zombie so they're like mini hulks like in ripped pants and as you can imagine they have like a ton of health and they're super hard to kill and they're all buff um and then they have the screamers so they'll if they see you they'll like scream bloody murder and then alert hordes to you and stuff like that and like i said dude the hordes in this game are no joke they're like 200 300 deep sometimes like it's it's like fucking alarming and kind of scary um and then on top of all those ones you got other survivors there's like anarchist groups there's looters there's people turning on you and then there's like this group of cultists um they call themselves uh the rippers so picture like bald their faces all scarred up and shit get Um, low they'll fucking like they'll light themselves on fire and like come up and hug you and they're like doing mad max shit and tweaking out all the time like it's wild and then there's um there's nero who's like these uh advanced scientists that walk around in like um 
like full suits and stuff and they're studying the zombies and um you kind of just hide out from them so they're not really a threat but that's like intertwined with the story and then on top of all that you got wolves bears and then infected wolves and bears so like zombie style ones and the bears will will fuck your day up dude like they're hella hard to kill and especially the infected ones so like every every single ride is just chaos like every time you go out there's always something to worry about so I, I'm loving this one so far. Like I, I really like I can't even like wait to get back and just just play it this weekend because I'm super digging it. And the, I love the main character too, like Sam Whitworth, like we were talking about last podcast. Um, he's super cool. I, I love his relationship with his with his buddy Boozer. Um, the Booze stories. Man. Yeah, Booze Man. <laughs> uh, the story's pretty good. I mean, like you have like these little encampments. Um, so you'll do like tasks and stuff for them and you'll get camp credits. So it's like very apocalyptic. I, I love like how you can customize your bike and like give it upgrades and stuff like that or like trade in like tags for, for cash at the camp. So like every time you kill a zombie, you'll take their ear um, and then you can like turn those in for like different cash prizes depending on the type of zombie you catch. And then obviously doing missions and stuff like that will give you camp credits so you can like upgrade your bike or like buy ammo or whatever there so it's super cool in like a, a hyper realistic apocalypse sense and it's kind of everything i wanted in like an open world zombie game and I, i'm like i'm bummed i'm like mad at myself for sleeping on the game for so long um although I, it might be good since i think like we were talking about earlier some of those bugs that you can skip um with this although i wasn't so lucky in that sense <laughs> Uh, before you talk about the bugs, you said you like the the main character that you're playing as. Yeah, yeah. So you're not so you're not sitting there pretending like you're Jax Teller. No, it's uh, it's not really super heavy on like the, the biker as aspect of it. I'm a, I, he wears his cut and stuff like that, and so does Booze Man. But it's like it's more of like a story about like him and his wife and um kind of more about the people like you're dealing with then um so i haven't finished the story yet but i mean i haven't really seen too much of a heavy emphasis on on the biker stuff although i like i'm not opposed to that either that's actually selling me on the game a little bit more i might i might give it a check um it is fun how many hours do you got in uh i would guess so i, th- I think my playstation timers fucked up because i tried to look and it told me i had four hours and there's no way but I, if i had to guess i think i'm at like probably 16 to 18 somewhere in that range still got like 30 30 hours to go no nah, yeah. if the game's really long though yeah it's, it's really definitely long? long i remember like playing it i'm like oh my god there's still so much story like it, it's it's a really long game. Um, I'm on, honestly I'm so glad that you love it. And to be honest, I think that you actually would have loved the game. Just like me thinking of like how that game was, the character and everything about it. I th- I really thought that you would dig it. Um, so I'm glad glad to hear that you do you do yeah, like it. Um, I'm loving it. Uh, so one thing that I I have to ask though, like do you do you like the mechanic where you have to like put in gas or do you feel like it's it ends up being like too too difficult i'm i'm pretty torn on it so they have like the fast travel right where you it'll suck a certain amount of gas so i've been kind of like 
tactically using that where I can go to an encampment and just pay to fill up there. Cause I've been kind of doing like the completionist thing where I do like all the missions in a camp that I can. Mm-hmm. So I have like a lot of camp credits. So I've kind of been able to like fast travel to something close and then go from there. But I, I really like it in the sense that it's creating like those hyper realistic scenarios that are super tense. Um, I, I can see how it would get a little bit uh, monotonous after a while and and like a pain in the ass to be filling up all the time. But it, I mean, it's been kind of plentiful. So I've noticed they kind of like it shows up on your radar when you start getting low on gas. So, I mean, it's kind of a pain if you stop somewhere and there's like a horde there and like, you're like, fuck, I needed to get gas, but I like, I don't have the ammo for this. So it, it's cool from the, the realistic sense. And I really like that. Um, and so I, I would say overall, I do like that mechanic, but I can also see how that would be a little bit tedious doing that all the time. Yeah, I honestly loved it to be to BH, you know, there's those times where you're going through and you get stranded somewhere and you do find that horde and it, it sucks. And those, those moments, um, they get too intense because um, those hordes like you're, you're either fighting 20, 30, 30 zombies to 100 200 zombies and the the big hordes are they're no joke like you don't really get the big big ones until like later on and those ones like the weapons you have then oh my god it, it makes that horde fighting so much funner um whenever you get the chance though make sure you get like a bigger ar because it makes it changes the game more into like a more like i don't know like military shooter and it feels so much fun like it, it feels great like i honestly when i hear everyone say oh that game sucked or hey that game wasn't that great or the ratings or whatever like i i totally think that that game's one of the games that everyone got wrong on the ratings because i th- that game that game is amazing and the, the fact that we mo- might not get a days gone two is 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 shitty because I mean, the amount of zombies you get on the screen was like just, it's insane. A Days and, Gone 2 would be so cool. Especially and, on and the power like, of PS5. I feel like with us getting a movie, it's kind of in more of a promising direction that we would get a sequel, right? Because, I mean, if they're Maybe. investing enough to make a movie, I mean, why wouldn't they make a second game? That could work against it too, though, if the movie sucks and everyone's like, why would I play that shit? I mean, yeah. it's a video game movie, so that's probably not in its favor. Yeah, that's the sad part. Yeah, like like you were saying, though, that fucking machine gun game changer, that was such a game changer, because I can't imagine, like, when I first got into that game, trying to take on hordes with, like, the basic, like, pistol and stuff like that. Like, there's no fucking chance, dude. Or, like, your melee weapons. The melee weapons deteriorate, too, by the way. So, like, it's realistic in that sense, too, where, like, and I love when it, like, breaks off. Like, you'll have, like, a pick from the mine or whatever. And, like, when you're on your last hit, it'll, like, break off. And then you'll, like, stab the fucking, like, wood part through their, their head or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> it's super sick. There was this time I was playing that game. And I was fighting, like, shit ton of newts, which are the little the little kid zombies. And first of all, I didn't think you can kill kids in games, like, for obvious reasons. But like they put them in this one, and I was like, "Holy crap! You can actually kill these fucking little kids." And anyways, I was fighting a shit ton of new to it, like this. Uh, I think it was like a, a a a bat with like saws on the side. So I was like fucking just slicing and dicing, and then it Playing did break off. Yeah, 
Wait, what? Yeah. Is that what it's called? <laughs> playing T-ball, just fucking. Oh, playing T-ball with yeah, with the kids. Yeah, no, definitely just. Gah, gah, gah. No. Um, the weapon broke, and I was like, "Oh crap!" And there was like still two of them left, and I think I ended up getting my my um, my ER, and I was just bam, bam, like took him out. Like it, it, it's very satisfying game, very satisfying zombie slaying game. Um, the only thing I like, my biggest gripe with the game, was the fact that they called the zombies freakers. I didn't like that name for him, because um, it sounds like it sounds like too much like a tweaker or like it. I don't know. It just doesn't sound right. I don't like that name. I I did really like the characters. Um, I, I think later on you go to this one camp and you meet this one uh, female character and she's she's really cool. I like Ricky? her a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's super cool. I like her okay. too. Um, I think you might be in the middle of the game if you're already there then. I have the um, whole map unlocked, I think. So I, I'm pretty like far. Yeah, that's great. Then, then yeah, it, I think it does open up a little bit more after that. It's tight. Um, fuck, what was I gonna say though? I was gonna say something. Ah, oh no. Okay, now I remember. So the time when I said get get low earlier, that's like they're saying that the um, what are they called again? The the skin the rippers. The rippers, yeah, that's their their saying. Apparently, it's like I guess they like. I'm not 100% sure if it's like if it's this, but they like bleed themselves a lot and like they get low, like from like the just like you losing blood and shit. So I think that's what I think that's what like they get with like I mean, I think that's what they're saying when they say that. I thought they they're were just weird. fans of the little little John and the Yang Yang twins. <laughs> get low, yeah. Every time you go into their encampment. It's like to the window. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about some of the bugs, though. What's uh, what have you been experiencing? Yeah, so I don't know for whatever reason. Like when I got past that part of the game, the bugs just went away. But I was having like some almost game breaking bugs, like uh, towards the beginning. So almost every time I would go out on my bike, um, first I'd turn invisible, then my bike would turn invisible. And then the, the like cars and stuff in the game would turn invisible um, and like the gas cans and stuff. So I'd be like invisible, like trying to do it. And I found kind of a workaround where you'd open your mini map, like you'd swipe to open your mini map um, and it would go back to normal. But and then once I got to a certain part of the game, um, the, the bugs kind of stopped. And then the other bug I had um, is the infected would be invisible and then they just like show up. And I'd be oh, no. covered by like like invisible people, and then I'd open that, and I fucking got a horde on me. Um, and then another one I had, like I parked my bike on the on the side of a hill, and I like went to get off my bike, and it like shot me up into the air. <laughs> and, and then you got like the patent patented like Sam Witwer Star Killer, like ah, and he fucking <laughs> just fall and died. That's tight. So, so I, I definitely like there was a stretch there where I was experiencing bugs like everyone and I was getting bummed like I didn't think I was going to be able to finish the game or like have to re uninstall and reinstall. But once I got past like the next couple of missions in the main story, everything just kind of went back to normal and I haven't really experienced anything since. So kind of funky. Um, but are you playing on PC or PS5? Uh, I'm, I'm playing on PS5, but I mean, everyone I've kind of talked to said they didn't really experience bugs, so I don't know why it was. 
Now, th- that game was pretty buggy when it first came out. I mean, I think that's one of the main things that everyone was talking about. Um, I'm surprised that they still have those invisible the invisible bugs, though. That's wild. Yeah, I, I was too. Actually, when I played Jedi Fallen Order a while ago, I was experiencing some of the same bugs I did at launch, too. So they must not have done too much work on those couple of games, like after the fact. It's a but, curse of Sam Whitmer. It could be. Well, actually, that was... That oh, was Fallen uh, Order. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I'm thinking Force Order. at least. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. play the Star Killer in that. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Rumor character. has it though that yeah. rumor has it that the that that cinematic trailer trailer for the, the was it the fall? It's Survive, right? Jedi Survive. Yeah, Jedi Survivor. The next one. They're, they're saying that uh, when it like the door opens up and it like it's a dark figure with like uh, uh, was it a Sith? I think. I think they're saying that it's uh what's his face star killer. If they make him fucking, cool. if they make him canon, dude, I would shit. That would be <laughs> so fucking cool. Because like one of my theories from that trailer actually was that um in the back to tank that it was uh Rom Coda, who was from the Force Unleashed. So he's like the blind guy from Force Unleashed, if you mm. remember him, and he's like the samurai Jedi is what they describe him as in, in canon. So that would be so fucking sick. Be sick if, if Disney decided to go that route. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, so so Days Gone, sick. Um, definitely highly recommend that one. And I really can't wait to get back and play it. And the only other game I've really played uh, over the last couple of weeks, um, I've been playing It Takes Two uh, with my with my buddy Jake. Um, I'm still pretty early in this one, but. Um, this was the one, if you guys remember, it won co-op or it won game of the year last year um, at, at the official game awards. Um, and I'm having a super fun time with it. Um, I, I can totally see why it won game of the years. I was hearing people be like, um, really, that one game of the year when they played it. But like uh, that had me pretty indifferent. But after playing it, I mean, I, I, I think it's so freaking cool. And like the levels are imaginative and it's like wild the places that this game takes you so it really doesn't take place outside of like this couple's house and their yard but just the things they were able to do and imagine up like in this co-op platformer just within that space it's so wild to me um and and like i said the puzzles are so fucking creative the the controls are like as smooth as butter like they're, they're super good um considering how complex some of these levels are um and and the boss fights are super satisfying and and fun and they come up with creative ways to do those um i think a big x factor in the game is if having a good co-op partner because i could see if you like pair up with a stranger not having a a super fun experience um or like a partner who syncs with you well because there's definitely a lot of puzzles that you got to rely on the other person and got to have like really be in sync with them but yeah, so far I'm I'm really enjoying this game and I'm not upset at all that it won game of the year last year, considering like all the games that came out. It wouldn't be my personal game of the year, but yeah, I, I totally see why and, and I'm really enjoying this one. Is it like a matchmaking system to pair you up with a random? I, I don't know. So I've been playing on PC with which kind of has the funky like EA system that pairs with your Xbox to get it for free on Game Pass. Um, right. But like, window, I, like I said, I've been a window. 
Yeah, I've, I've been playing with my buddy Jake, so I haven't been playing with a stranger. So I, I can't really speak to that, but I would imagine that there's probably like a matchmaking system to do that. But I, I don't know that for sure. Yeah, that game looked really good. I, I believe I played um, a few levels, and I, I did enjoy the co-opness, like the the different routes that each character takes, and how it all like that puzzle all like meets up at the end. It I liked it a lot. The game was is or from the what I played, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it does like a super good job of like both making character A and B have different tasks different abilities and skills but having all those skills tie together to be a necessity to solve mm -hmm. the puzzle and it does an excellent job of that and it looks fucking beautiful and it feels great like i i totally see why it won game of the year and i usually don't like ea games that much um but yeah this this is super it's it's a really good game and i'm stoked to like play that one again too I'm I'm loving my choices this last week. Hell yeah! Is there a, like progress blocking stuff? Like, say you're doing your uh, your puzzles way too fast, or are there areas where you need like the other partner to like help finish your puzzle? Yeah, no, there's absolutely areas like that, um, and, and those are very very common um, where you need your partner to go through. So that's why I said like the big X factor is having a good co-op partner for that. Because there's definitely stuff like, for instance, um, you're playing in this big tool shop, right? You're, Jake has a, a hammer that he has on his back, which, and I have a nail gun. So I shoot the nail gun. He's got to jump with the, with the backside of the hammer to be able to swing to this platform to press a button to allow something to open for me to get through to the next area. So there's definitely a lot of that sprinkled through. Um, and then like another one was uh, like you're in this like squirrel army thing fighting wasps and i got like kind of a explosive like bubble gun that shoots like sap and he's got a fucking match gun that shoots like fire so i gotta shoot this stuff to either weigh it down or to like you know uh, spray it on these sticks so he can blow up the sticks so he can move to the next area or to weigh it down so he can get up there to shoot the match thing down to me or vice versa so there's definitely a heavy emphasis on co-op and you need a good co-op partner to really enjoy it in my opinion that that area with the the squirrels is that the area that's like all they're all like super militant squirrels and shit yeah definitely like the the main guys like gi fucking joe he's he's like the guy <laughs> in avatar that's like rah, rah. yeah <laughs> and they're like super militant against the wasp and like dude this game takes you on a fucking journey let me tell you like I, i'm like blown away by like how wild and off the wall like the the, the turn is for like the next area you go to and, and the creativity behind it like i, I can just totally respect that it, yeah it's it seemed like a, it, it seems like a really good game i have like I, like i said i haven't finished it i think i got past or i think i just finished the wasp area so i'm excited to go back I wasn't even that stoked to play it, and uh, I'm super glad my buddy Jake talked me into playing it with him because I'm really, I'm really liking it. By the way, Cameron, That's... your shirt's fucking tight. Is it Kirby? Thanks. Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> what was that website called again? It's a it's like Dracula Bite. Dracula Bite. B Y T E. They got like a bunch of like uh, Star yeah, Wars. Inspired. Yeah, so they got Star Wars, they got fucking Elden Ring, they got a bunch of stuff. So, 
think I felt I filled up my my cart with stuff from there and I didn't buy anything. <laughs> I do that so much. Right now I'm sitting on a bunch of hockey gear that I need to buy, but I haven't made the purchase yet. Yeah, there's just so many good shirts there. Like, I mean, you can like if you haven't gone in there, this isn't sponsored, by the way. If you haven't gone on their website, definitely check it out. If you like metal shirts or band tees, um, it's this will definitely be up your alley, especially if you're a video game fan. Dude, that KK Slider fucking Slayer one, dude, right? <laughs> That's so fucking sick. Yeah, and all the, these shirts the are like, they're they're inspired by like Metallica, Slayer, Iron Maiden, like all those like good like 80s early 80s like metal bands yeah and it has all your all your favorite like all your favorite ips you know there's bloodborne there's silent hill uh jason Voorhees, metal gear metroid there's there's a lot of good stuff on here that gengar shirt looks so dope it's yeah sick. i thought about getting everything on here is sick <laughs> you done with your games marcus yeah, that's all. That's all I got for games. Uh, so the only games that I've been playing this week were, uh, I guess I'll start with the newest one, uh, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. Hell yeah! Um, I got that all for nostalgia purposes, just because the NES games, the Super Nintendo games, the arcade games, those were like some of my favorites growing up. Uh, even some of the Game Boy games, like I really enjoyed the Game Boy games. Um, I'm sure not a lot of people have played those, but they were pretty fun back in the day. But the games now, they're just not holding up as well. Uh, the arcade games don't feel as good. Like after playing that last Ninja Turtle game, Shredder's Revenge. Revenge. Yeah. Yeah. So after playing that one, like they nailed like the at home arcade experience versus like the ports of the old arcade games, the Turtles and Times and stuff. It just doesn't really translate well now. Um, so it's kind of like a rough playthrough. It's not hitting that nostalgia as hard as I would want. And it was a $40 game. So I'm kind of, kind of bummed on the purchase. And, uh, you, you guys want to know the kicker as I'm playing the game, as I'm like, you know, bumming on my purchase, I get a call from my, uh, for my uh, debit card. And they're like, Oh, we noticed some like suspicious actions. Like, do you want to like, decline this and i was like oh what was the purchase they're like oh it was like 40 dollars to sony and in my head like i paused too long and i was like no that was me but god i i should have just been like yeah that that was uh that was fraud go ahead and cancel that (laughs) you should have that would have been funny free game i get to konami yeah Yeah, so i fucked up on that one but uh i'll probably still go back and try to give it another shot i didn't get through all of the games uh, one of the weird things that I noticed was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, tournament fighter. I didn't know that had like an NES release. I knew they had like a Super Nintendo. I knew they had a Sega one. I didn't know that there was a Nintendo one though, like a NES one. I think I Does ever it play that one? Uh, it played good for back in the day for like what a fighting video game was. Like, it's cool to be able to, like, pick, like, any of the turtles or any of the boss characters and, like, just, you know, have, like, a one-on-one, like, fighter-style match. But it was weird because the SNES one plays different than the Sega one. Sega one plays different from the NES one. Like, each game played differently. They had a different character set. They had a different style of gameplay. 
like it's just super weird how they went about it like as to where like most games nowadays each console would have the same game but it's like they made a different game for each console that's interesting it's really weird to do that though like soul caliber had different characters right for different characters but like an entirely different fighting style like and animation too animation was completely different from sega and snes they're still all better than nick all-star bro 10 times (laughs) better (laughs) hey um did did the animation look like like better on the genesis version no, it actually looked like if, if you guys Google a picture of the tournament fighters on SNES and then Google on the Genesis, it looks creepy. Like the Genesis version, like they look a little bit creepier than they do on like the Super Nintendo one. And it's the same game. It's the same title, but it's not the same game. Like they all play differently. It's not even like one's like 2D and then one's got like the like two and a half D like sprite thing going. Right. That's weird. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, though. Yeah, it's cool. Like, I like that they gave you like all the different options because I mean, even the arcade games, they give you the arcade port. They give you the at home like SNES port. And they're also giving you guys the uh, regions. So you get like an American version and a Japanese version of the video games. I mean, there's no real reason to like switch between the two, but I mean, if it's a collection and they're giving you all of them, like it's it's a real collection they actually put work into. So that's pretty cool. That's good. But yeah, so I'll I'll eventually get back to that one. Uh, The other game that's been eating a lot of my time is I jumped back into the NHL 22 video game and I started up a be a pro style story. I'm only jumping into this because it's super close to hockey coming back and I'm kind of getting that itch to watch, play, do anything with hockey right now. So I wanted to pick that up and I just, anytime I play those games, it's always like a lower difficulty setting just so I can like, you know, wreck it and be a pro. But it kind of sucks because like when you go through like the rookie mode, you always go to like the first draft pick and the first draft pick is generally a team that people don't want to be on because they're like kind of a shittier team. Um, I mean, if you would have been on the first two on this one, it would have been either the Sabres or the Seattle Kraken. Oh, well, I had to hover around three of them. <laughs> there you go. Um, so it's been pretty fun, though. I, I upped the difficulty just because I wanted to try to go to a different team this time. And I still ended up going like first overall. So I've been playing on Sabres and they're kind of like my second team. So I'm not upset about it. But the AI in that game is so fucking terrible. Like, it's almost like some characters will, like, know when to pass it to you. And other characters, like, just straight up puck hogs. So I'm on a line with, like, Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner. Jack Eichel, me and him, like, click super well. He's always, like, passing me, like, right at the right moment so I can make a goal. Skinner's just a fucking puck hog. And he can't make a shot. He can't make a pass. He's fucking... That's, like, the most realistic thing about the fucking game. It's how fucking much shit fucking jeff skinner is <laughs> how much does he make a year fucking way too much <laughs> i wish i could make that fucking much money just by fucking putting in minimal effort <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that, that game's been pretty fun and it's scratching the the nhl itch for me right now um and we just got gameplay footage of the new one and you know it's it's a sports game they're they're not gonna get like 
major changes, but it does look better than the last uh, NHL game. So I'm pretty excited to play that one. Plus, Trevor Zegers got the cover and that kid's awesome. So it's is it just like a graphical upgrade basically this time? It's not like 15. I think it was 15, right? When they changed like all the mechanics. Yeah, so this one, it seems like it's a little bit changed. A little bit has changed. Um, they showed like comparisons from like the old one to like the new one. And they're showing like how shots, how you would take a shot. And if you were like under pressure, how that would affect like the way you shoot the puck. And like, it seems like they're taking into account like a lot of the physics of like actually playing hockey. Like when you're under pressure, when you have like time to make the shot, um, how you would skate under pressure versus if you had like a breakaway or whatever. So it seems like there's a lot, a lot of like pretty good visual upgrades and some decent like gameplay upgrades. Um, you're always going to get whatever cool new thing happened like during the NHL season. Like Trevor Zegris made that like over the net pass to Sonny Milano. So now that's in the game. So you can like scoop the puck up, throw it over the net and hope that the computer player bats it in. So it's pretty cool, but I'm worried that they're going to make the controls too difficult because like you could do the Michigan in NHL 22 and it's so fucking hard. Like, I, I don't know how play, how people would be able to pull it off, like during like an actual game, like some of those like analog controls are just like too difficult to like pull off. Is it going to be a day one pickup for you? Yeah, I like throwing away my money, so I'm going to probably grab that day one. Nice. <laughs> But yeah, boys, I think that's all the games that we have to talk about. Um, I guess we'll go into a break and then we'll talk some news. Hell yeah. Be in a minute. Right, and we are back and ready for the news. Uh, Marcus, you want to kick off the news for us? Gotcha. So over the last two weeks, we got seven stories to talk about today, boys. The first one, it's been basically since February since we've got a big Nintendo Direct, at least the first party one. But according to a new report, another is being planned for this month. It's unclear if it will be a Direct Mini or something more substantial, but insider Jeff Grubb, Mr. Two Squares and Wipe Like a Man has reported that it's going to be heavy with remasters of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess are a very sure bet. And that the Direct will be very heavy on Legend of Zelda in general, calling it a Zelda blowout. The week of September 12th is a good bet, apparently. And uh, what do you guys think? Maybe we'll get the official name for Breath of the Wild 2. Maybe we'll get uh, the rumored Metroid Prime remaster. It's not sounding to me like this is going to be a partner Direct, but more first party stuff. But what do you fellas think? I think with all the Legend of Zelda stuff, all anybody wants right now is just not even a name. Just give us a date. Give us a general time for release for the new Breath of the Wild. Like, I think that's what we all want. Um, I'm cool with any of the remasters, though. Having a, a remastered Twilight Princess, I think we we would all enjoy that. Um, I certainly would. I wonder why. That's my favorite one by far. Just running, running around wolf mode. Wolf link, baby. <laughs> um, as for Metroid Prime, like if they were to announce any of the new Metroid Prime or a remaster, like I'm all about that. 
That's one of the top things that I want from Nintendo right now is more focus on Metroid, especially after how well Metroid Dread did for them. Like, it's kind of a no-brainer to kind of ride the hot hand with that one. But yeah, uh, my main one is a date for Legend of Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild 2. All right, I'm going to go ahead and go on a, on a hot, spicy take right now. Badass trailer or teaser. It ends Breath of the Wild. So-and-so. Two, you know. Hopefully. Anyways, um, as far as a HD remake of Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, if they do two separately, I wouldn't, I'm not going to be as bummed, but I think that they should definitely make both of those into a collection because, I mean, Zelda's Zelda's a great game. Both of those are great games, but they're all very old now. I think Twilight Princess came out when? 2006. So they're almost 20 years old. Um, yeah, they sh- it should be a collection. I-, I think Nintendo won't make a collection, though. I think they're just going to put them out both separately because why not? Dude, the people are going to buy them anyways. Um, I do think, though, that we definitely need to be able to play these games on Switch on something that can give us uh, HD graphics. I think you had the Wind Waker on on the Wii U, but let's get real now. Not not many people had the Wii U. Um, I think me and someone else probably bought that one. Uh, but you had it? How do we? You have? Yeah. Cameron, do you have one? See, it's only me and someone else. I mean, me and Marcus. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I, I honestly think that we should definitely get to be able to, I mean, we should, I definitely think we should get a version on the Switch because why not? The Switch is like the best handhold, handheld that Nintendo has made in like the longest time. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If we do get something, anything Metroid related, I'm going to be uh, shitting myself because uh, I love Metroid. So. That was pretty mild for a mild spicy take. So I'm going to take up the spice level a little bit more and I'm going to go out on, on a limb and say, um, we're, we're going to get a new Donkey Kong announcement and it's going to be the first one since, I don't know. What do you, what the hell even was the last Donkey Kong game? Like, Frozen, I can't even remember. Tropical Freeze like, 2, right? Tropical Freeze. Was it I the believe- second one? I believe or no, it was just a one. I'm not even sure if there's a second one because I, I know that they keep on remaking it. I think this is like the third time they remade it on the Switch. Point is, we're we're very well overdue for one of those games. Um, and I, I think that's something they could bring out that's not necessarily needed to be on like an HD console. But with all this open world push in the Nintendo world, I, th- I think it's Donkey Kong's turn. So give me an that's open my world Donkey take. Kong game. I'm all about that. Yeah, that'd be sweet. So that's my spicy prediction. I like that. I like that. Donkey Kong is definitely a series that should come back full force. Because I mean, who doesn't like Donkey Kong? Especially with the Seth Rogen Star Fox game. True. Yeah, I can't believe they haven't done that. Actually, F Zero too. Star Fox, like Star Fox 64 style game with like nowadays graphics, like that'd be great. I mean, they had one on Wii U, but again, no one owned a Wii U. 
Can you even tell me the no name one of that one? For us. I cannot tell you the name because I don't remember. Exactly. Because I didn't <laughs> buy anything on the Wii U because I bought it when it was already dead. Like an asshole. <laughs> well, speaking of dead stuff, Konami is apparently about to unveil an unknown game in a world love franchise at this year's Tokyo Game Show, which takes place 915 to 918. So do you find gentlemen have any predictions to what this uh, world love franchise could possibly be? I think it may be that Sukoden game, which I never actually played, but I believe that was the RPG with that had like a hundred playable characters uh, in the mainline games. Kevin, why don't you give me that Mal uh, patented spicy take on this one? Perhaps you have a spooky guess for us. All right. So first and foremost, I think we might be getting a Metal Gear Solid trilogy pack. You know, I think the remake. I think they're gonna make remake the trilogy um we've been hearing rumors that we're going to get number one uh, metal gear solid one and then um metal gear solid three snake eater um but fuck why not give us the whole fucking trilogy um another another one that might be a pretty spicy take is that we we're finally going to be able to see what the silent hill games are um will we get that rumored kojima one who knows uh, my spiciest take, though, world-renowned, you know, world-loved uh, IP. We're getting another Gomon game, guys. Mystical Ninja, uh, anything. Let's go. That'd be fucking sick. <laughs> Much as I want all of your takes to be right, especially the Legend of the Mystical Ninja Goemon game, uh, I think uh, Metal Gear Solid Trilogy Remake is probably the closest one that we're going to get. I know that there's been a lot of rumors of a Silent Hill remake and possibly a new game, but I think uh, when they say, what was it, a, a loved game, beloved by all, I think Metal Gear, it's kind of screaming Metal Gear right now. See that? Well, I, I guess we'll know by next podcast um, and we'll be able to, t- to speak to that. But Are they announcing it during TGS? Yep. 9.15 to 9.18, so... By the time we do our next week oh, podcast, yeah. we should know. Yeah, cool. That'll be an exciting one. Yep. Tune in. On our next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Fox boss Phil Spencer officially confirmed that Call of Duty, along with the likes of Diablo, Overwatch, and the entire Blizzard library, will come to be- to Game Pass once the deal goes through. So with Overwatch and COD coming this year, I'm doubting that they'll probably make it on day one. But maybe Diablo 4, I, th- I think that one might be on the cusp, with, uh, but might not make the cut even with all the hoops they got to jump through with this acquisition with the consumer boards and Sony gripes. Um, how are you guys feeling about having those on Game Pass day one? And do you think Diablo 4 makes the cut? I think Diablo definitely makes the cut just because that seems like the one that's pushed out the longest. With Call of Duty getting set to release this year, and I think Overwatch is also coming out this year, um, yeah. those probably don't have a good chance because you know they got to wait till the deal goes through. But I like how they didn't really like specify; like they just said Diablo, Call of Duty, and Overwatch. They didn't specify Overwatch Two. They didn't specify Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare Two. Um, so. I'm pretty sure once this deal does go through, we're going to get a lot of the old games and then promise the newer games in the future too. 
Um, I feel like we're going to get those games come out probably still. I think they'll probably still come out on on Game Pass because obviously they have the money. They can pay these developers to put these games on there. I think Diablo is going to go in there organically because I feel like Diablo will come out after this, uh, the sale has already been made of, of Activision. Um, Diablo 4 being on there, though, on Game Pass, I mean, that already, I'm already getting from 6 to midnight just thinking about that. That sounds awesome. Uh, let's go. Oh, yeah. And while we're on the top of, of Xbox, 343, the, the Halo developer, has a bag of mixed news for Halo players. The long-awaited couch co-op is apparently no longer happening. On the plus side, the online co-op is going to be a part of their winter update on November 8th. But let me ask you guys, when, when's the last time you played couch co-op? Is this even a big deal? I don't think it's a big deal, per se. Um, it's cool playing with like your kids or like your, your buddy that comes over and just so you can play that way. But it probably isn't as a big deal as some of these people are making it. I think it's a shame that 343 couldn't get it to work. Um, and honestly, I'm I'm kind of like feeling like three four three doesn't have the chops to make Halo. Um, I think what Bungie, what what they, I think what they have made from what Bungie has made um, is definitely two different things. Um, I played Halo Four. I never got to play Halo Five, but Halo Four definitely felt different than Halo Three. Halo Three felt like it had like so much love put into it um and i mean it sucks it sucks because they they've had a lot of time to work on it um but i, I just don't think that 343 has the chops i think they should, microsoft should definitely get a better team to make halo because that is a one of their biggest franchises and they can't let that they can't ever let it have another failure again because um infinite was i mean Though I like the game a lot, I still think that they had a lot of failures in the beginning, and we're still reaching one here. Um, again, I don't think it's as, as important, but it, the list of failures on 343's part is very big now. Oh, you can. I think the same people crying about couch co-op are the same people crying about backwards compatibility that now that it's coming back aren't taking advantage of it. They just want it to have it be there, but they don't want to actually use it. I think they just like the option, but I don't know. I think they're just putting extra work on the developers when they could be working on something else that's actually going to be used. Yeah, I get that. I don't think it's really a big deal either. I, I can't even remember the last time I played couch co-op. Um, the only thing that jumps into my mind with this is like, I feel like super fans of Halo might have like that nostalgia of like the land parties or like the couch co-op stuff um just having their friends over for stuff like that so i could see scenarios where you know like you have your buddies over you order pizza you go and do halo like you used to back in high school um and, and for that sense while i still think it's a minority it's, it's kind of a shame in that sense but personally not a big deal i don't think we're in a world nowadays where couch co-ops um really just a mainstream thing anymore i don't i don't see it now nobody has to worry about getting the shitty controller with the sticky buttons 
<laughs> or yeah. the third the third party control mad cats. Yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> Speaking of Was mad he even cat a control, friend at that point. Right. <laughs> no, uh, I remember back in the day we had a Mad Cat's uh GameCube controller and it was like a, a miniature one and it was like it was a very small control so you're like playing on this but it was it was fun though cuz like we were still I was still young so I like my hands were still pretty small then so it was it was just I remember that controller was great. I loved it. All right, let's jump to our next story. From Software's parent company, Katakawa reveals that Sony and Tencent are acquiring 14.09% and 16.25% of FromSoft, respectively. Not a bad investment considering this is a company that exploded this year, outselling household names like COD and becoming viral on streaming platforms with Elden Ring. Experts have suggested that this is a move that intends to give FromSoft resources to grow Elden Ring and other household names into a franchise that extends beyond video games. What do we think in more tangible terms we can expect to see from this acquisition? Cameron, what do you think? Does this mean toys, mobile, new IPs? Tell me your thoughts. I'd like more new IPs, um, breaking outside of the Bloodborne, Dark Souls, like seeing what they did with Scarrow. Like that was awesome. Like give us new worlds, give us new, you know, slightly new style. You're always going to have that same Dark Souls style, like formula of fighting style, but if you gave us something more action focused or something even more magic based, I know that might not be up everyone's alley, but it'd be fun to see them kind of like tinker with like maybe just a magical style game with like more fighting elements like that. Um, I don't know. New IPs is what I want. And if it's helping from soft develop those things, I'm definitely for all of this. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see new IPs too. So from software kind of strikes me as a company that, really manages their resources. We got that news a couple podcasts ago where they're basically on the verge of like releasing a new game. It's been called like almost finished. And I think just with these acquisitions and this extra cash from a company like Sony and, and Tencent who owns like everything, 40% Epic. I mean, they, they got they got stuff all over the place and they're a huge company. But I, I just see FromSoft as a company who really manages their resources and can do a lot of stuff with this. Um, I definitely see it going the mobile route with some of these games and with how big that is. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely like to see new IPs myself too. Um, I haven't yet to see a FromSoft game that hasn't meshed well with me. So I'm in love with all those games. Um, what do you think, Kev? Um, you know, I, I think it's... I'm, I, I don't know too much about the story. Um, so they're getting money for, for like just anything in general from them. Like just, what was it like? Um, just investment essentially. Yeah. Essentially they're just, um, investing stake in the company. So they now own 14 and 16%, um, 14, uh, for Sony Sony and 16 for 10 cent. Yeah. I mean, as long as as long as it's not like a takeover, you know, I would hate to for Tencent to own another company. Um, and I mean, it seems like Sony is like stopping with this whole buying thing or acquisition thing. Um, so I hope that's not in the in the mix because I mean, from software games, I think they deserve to go everywhere. Um, and if they're gonna be making figures, let's go ahead and make some really cool uh, figures of. Radon, you know, I want to see something like that. A uh, figure of uh, what was his name, Blaine, 
plane or blaze yeah. blade blade plane something blade. it was something um anyways and a a action figure of the hunter you know from bloodborne because why not like those that those all these series all these series have characters that are like hell yeah like i would definitely want to put a action figure or a, just a fucking statuette or even an android let's go right um it'd be nice to have that um as far as games though um yeah honestly give from software a blank check they're gonna make something good you know they're gonna make they're gonna make money back um it's a very good company to expect um greatness from so we'll see where it, where it goes hopefully it's not a acquisition which i don't think it will be because if they're everyone's owning a piece here or there but who knows maybe it's a power play it's definitely a good investment mm-hmm. well spe- speaking of acquisitions sony has now bought discord evo bungie and uh and now this so in this global environment it was very thoughtful of sony to pass along these expenses to their consumer amidst an anti-consumer lawsuit which we'll touch on in a minute old sneaky slim jim ryan has announced a price hike on the ps5 in europe japan china australia mexico and canada 10 percent in the eu 21 in japan and around six percent in the uk and others we're seeing, quote, high global inflation rates, averse currency trends, and creating pressure on many industries. Xbox and Nintendo has, of course, responded to this news by saying they will hold the line, not increase anything, reassuring gamers that Sony is, in fact, anti-consumer, which leads us into our next part of this story. Sony's being sued for $5.9 billion for overcharging its consumers and abusing its position as its as the primary seller of the PS Store games digitally. Consumer rights advocate Alex Neal said he's standing up for millions of UK people and claims, quote, the game is up for Sony, who is reportedly charging whopping 30% commissions to its unwitting UK consumer. Quote, we, ha- we believe Sony has abused its position and ripped off the customer in the, in the midst of a cost of living crisis. The consumer purse is being squeezed like it never has been before. Well, there you have it. The consumer, uh, we have hinted at Sony being anti-consumer a lot on this podcast recently, uh, especially recently. Um, but now the floor is open to jump in on comments from you guys on this story. What do you guys think? I don't think this lawsuit's going to track. Um, I think I saw that they were they were trying to sue like for was it five billion or five million? 5.9 billion billion yeah i don't think that they're gonna that's gonna track well um i do think that sony has been making some really really bad decisions especially with i don't know if you we were to, we're gonna talk about it in further but the uh, price hike which wait this is actually the part we're talking about huh never mind yeah he we'll brought f- it up cut that part out no, anyways I, 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 fucker <laughs> i think uh sony has been doing some really really bad moves man and uh, honestly, it's sad to see, you know, um, the price hike in general, like complete shitty move, complete shitty move. But honestly, that's capitalism at work, right? You're going to try making as much buck as you can and pass the pass the bill to the consumer, um, which is a shitty move. Uh, Microsoft and, and um, Nintendo both said that they weren't going to raise their prices, which is great on their part. 
Um, yeah, I just really don't think that it's this is a good move on their on their end. And uh, but I really think that this this lawsuit is is it going to track? It's probably going to get thrown out. And if not, I'd be surprised. And it'd be kind of cool to see Sony get fucking sued for five billion dollars because of shitty moves. Jim Ryan's probably going to fucking shit himself. This has got to be one of the biggest heel turns in the video game industry right now. I mean, the way I'm looking at it is Sony was one of the most power, you know, one of the most beloved, uh, you know, consoles like everybody loves them. Uh, they love all their uh, first party games. Uh, everybody seems to just love Sony, but Sony is doing the most they can to, like, make themselves the bad guy right now. It's almost like they were uh, they were the Stone Cold Steve Austin at his high point. And uh, WrestleMania 17 comes around and you see Stone Cold reach for that chair that Vince McMahon gives him and he fucking clobbers the rock with it. And you see him join Vince McMahon like as one of the biggest heel turns in wrestling. And I think we're seeing it right now with uh, with the consoles. I think it's ridiculous that they're doing a price hike, especially with Japan getting the the biggest price hike. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because considering that's their market, that's, you know, that's their bread and butter over there. Um, and not only are they hiking up the price, they're also, uh, making the console different, um, new models of the console have been coming out and it's been reportedly weighing a lot less, not a lot less. I don't know how much, but it is weighing less, which is basically telling people that they are using different parts, using probably cheaper parts to make the console. Not only are the consoles costing more to us, it's getting cheaper for them to make. So that's kind of like a double whammy for them. Seems kind of like a ripoff when you're you're the consumer, you know? Yeah, I, I get the feeling that Sony just like thinks they're untouchable and above all this and, and can kind of do whatever they want because PlayStation players will stick with PlayStation no matter what. And you get that with them expediting the manufacturing process, making it cheaper for themselves, up, upping the price in their biggest market the most. Like they're just doing just greed plays right now. And we've kind of got this sense since Game Pass first started being a thing and their pushback in that and their their bullshit quote, which we talked about on one of our first podcasts where we didn't buy that they couldn't make a Game Pass work, or at least I didn't. And, and I just get the feeling that they think they're just untouchable, that their fans are just going to roll with the punches no matter what. And I, I, I don't know that we're going to prove them wrong. You know, I mean, we all have a PS5. We all buy a bunch of PS5 games. Um, we sit here and bitch about it every podcast, but I mean, what are you, you going to not touch your PS5? I'm going to get off this podcast and go play Days Gone right after this. You know, I, I, we're part of the problem and, and they're just abusing that fact. So part of me hopes that this lawsuit goes through. Um, part of me is not sure that a $5.9 billion lawsuit wouldn't affect the media we're going to get so part of me doesn't want it to happen as much as i would like to see sony get it stuck i don't know how does that affect our games that are coming out are they going to put out a bunch of remasters for the next the fourth time uh with a firefly edition that gets damaged and that you don't fucking replace for the consumer um you know i i just don't know how this adversely affects that but Part of me wants to see Sony stuck and part of me wants to continue to game on my PS5. So I'm part of the problem as much as I sit here and bitch about Sony uh, being anti-consumer. But 
It'd be nice. Uh, I really don't like Jim Ryan. He seems kind of snaky to me. Jim Ryan's definitely one of those uh, assholes who uh, he just comes in, thinks he knows he thinks he knows the culture of uh, of Sony and whatnot, and just makes stupid decisions. And we're seeing we're seeing the fallout from a lot of fans right now. Um, at least the uh, fans with a brain, not the ones that are like down for whatever right fanboys the fan get what you pay for ones you guys remember that episode of futurama where uh the guy from the 90s like gets thought out and he's like fry meets him and he's like that business shark yeah the bonitis one yeah yeah that guy like that's that's what uh that's what he reminds me of (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) um i was gonna say though uh that i definitely see the ps5 um era of PlayStation kind of mimicking some of what the PS3 era of PlayStation was doing. If you guys remember the get a second job so you can afford getting a PS3. Almost backwards though, right? Because it seems like they started out really good now and now they're turning around and kind of tanking as to where the PS3, they tanked at first and they made up for it in the back end, right? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Jim Ryan leaves soon and, which I don't think it will happen, but hopefully he leaves soon. They bring someone else in and they get shit rolling again. I just can't believe the nerve of that timing too. Like right after that lawsuit, you're going to come out with a price hike. Like <laughs> maybe they're trying to make up, their, make up the money from that lawsuit. They know they're going to, maybe they're just trying to get all, all the bad shit out all at once so they can move forward. Who knows? You guys got anything else you want to bad mouth PlayStation some more? You want to talk about some Gamescom? We'll save that for the next podcast. (laughs) Shit. So Gamescom was last week, and there was game announcements ranging from 80s cult classic Killer Clowns of Outer Space to the PS5 Pro controller to the Kojima cast to an Outer Space to a Warhammer-style game from the devs of Subnautica. There's a lot of content to cover in this one, so why don't we just keep it simple? Why don't you guys give me your favorite part of the show? and then your least favorite and touch on why so my personal favorite was uh was where wind meets um i'm not sure if you guys saw this one um it's a beautiful open world set in like medieval china uh looks like it combines assassin's creed with ghost of tsushima with souls and it's even got like that max Payne like slow time thing and even a touch of like red dead where you got the animals attacking and stuff like that um amazing stuff right up my alley um i didn't hate too much of the show i I thought it lacked a little bit of content it felt kind of bare for uh for a big games announcement i was kind of expecting a little more from it but um something i i I did want to comment on was just like the ridiculousness of that lords of fallen trailer with the like dark souls and danzig thing where they're they're blasting the danzig over like a souls like cinematic trailer i thought that was corny as hell you guys catch that one (laughs) Yeah, I actually like that trailer quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty sick. And uh, honestly, Lords of Fallen is one of those games that I think fell between the cracks of the PS4 generation. Um, I think they they were trying to strike on the they were trying to strike while the iron was hot on Souls games. Um, And I mean, I'm sure they made enough money to to warrant a second one. But I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be any good. I'm not going to pick this one up. I I did like the trailer, though. 
my favorite trailer though i do gotta say was the dead island 2 um that one came out of left field for me i didn't think that they were gonna ever release or show anything of this game um i thought it was just vaporware for the longest time but i'm glad that they actually did something and it looked good um the guy was i mean my guess looked or was modeled after lenny kravitz you know this guy was supposed to look awesome and just he just looks like a rock star and i mean the trailer definitely shows off the the like the style so i'm hoping this game comes out and does good i hope i mean we get a game that a game that was like we it warrants all the the wait the wait time that we had for this game you know i mean now that dead uh dying lights out is day is dying light i mean now that dying light is out is dead island something we really need who knows and hopefully i mean hopefully there's enough room for both of these games um as far as least favorite um you know i honestly didn't watch that many of those the content on there um let's just say uh least favorite what it was i honestly don't even know what was on there I'll get back to you on the least favorite one. Also, um, one thing that I do got to add, though, and Cameron probably already knows what I'm going to say. Um, right before Gamescom, uh, Sony announced a new DualSense controller. I think it was called the Edge. The DualSense Edge, you know? Um, they want you to edge yourself so you can get this controller. Uh, but no, seriously, hey, though, I, I've, been, I've been way excited for a controller like this. I've been... Um, been wanting one of these um i think personally that dual sense is the best controller made and the fact that they're making a pro version of it as long as it feels like this but better then i mean i'm i'm sold um 150 whatever it is um we'll i'll end up buying it uh um, way more just you think way more than With the way that they're fucking treating shit right now i could see them doubling the price of whatever xbox is selling their elite control for that's probably true actually um yeah i mean i mean i, I mean if it, if it gets to like 200 like 200 plus 300 i don't know maybe i maybe i'm gonna hold off to that hold off on that unless we get a uh, uh unless i can find a gamestop special um but we'll we'll see all i know is that that control looks sexy as shit and i'm excited it might save you on joy cons in the end um so, or like not joy cons sorry the fucking the analog sticks that are gonna fucking go out um if you can change them out they might yeah, uh, actually save you some money in the end so but i do agree with you though i think this might be my favorite controller ever um, i i really like the feel of the ps5 controller and i'm actually pretty hyped up on that controller too hopefully hopefully they don't gouge us um amidst this other shit but it wouldn't surprise me i can definitely see a gouge coming for that controller um I don't know. We'll see once the price comes out. We're still waiting for a price for the PSVR 2 headset, too. And that doesn't look like it's going to be promising, especially when we got Meta increasing their price to theirs. That's five years old, right? Yeah. The the Oct the Oct Rift. 2. Yeah. Is, is, didn't they switch it to like the Meta or some shit like that? Yeah. Fucking stupid name. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Um, my favorite game from Gamescom was Lies of P. I thought that was going to be an overwhelming positive from all of us, but I think we all tried to be a little different. So 
heavily Bloodborne inspired style Pinocchio game. Uh, seems like a really cool one. Uh, lies and truths kind of affect how a boss battle is going to go later on in the game. Apparently, if you lie, the game gets easier. And if you tell the truth, the game gets harder, which is kind of a cool element to bring to that game instead of just like, you know, making his nose bigger, or like some shit like that. That's fucking um, sick. Right? That's so such that a cool concept. Yeah, that game seems really cool. Um, a lot of people crying for a, a Bloodborne remake or a Bloodborne 2. I think they're going to be able to wait up, you know, hold off uh, a little bit longer being able to play this game. Um, I don't know. I'm excited for its release and I'll definitely get that one day one. Uh, the worst one from Gamescom, though, I would have to say is High on Life. Um, I'm not a big fan of that game. It seems incredibly annoying. Um, I'm already over Rick and Morty to start with. So when it comes to that game, all I think is like people who still shop at like Spencer's. Uh, so, yeah, that I don't know. That trailer rubbed me the wrong way. And from what I heard, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So we'll see if they change anything from that game based on the reaction. You think the the overall reaction was like sour to that game? From a lot of what I've heard, a lot of people didn't really have a lot of good things to say about that trailer. Like they they said it was very off putting to them, and I think during Gamescom they even like I, I want to say somebody mentioned something about that game, like something about the reaction to that game. But I thought I saw an article that came out that was like how they stole the show or something like that, and then. I've had a couple of our viewers say that they were really high on it and hope it comes to PlayStation. Hopefully they enjoy shopping at Spencer's too. I don't know. <laughs> Liza P looks sick though. I'm super hyped on that game. Like the darker side of Pinocchio seems super cool. Do they, um, I, I need to do a deeper dive outside of the first night, but did they say anything about like the boss battles? Cause like, I don't know if you guys remember, like, Honest John from the movie, like the Fox guy. But he was, like, always one of my favorite characters growing up. And I would love to see, like, a demented, like, super cool boss fight with him or something like that. I, I think that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen much else about, like, the bosses or anything like that. But I could see, like, maybe, like, as the game's getting closer to hype people up, kind of introducing the characters in their own little, like, package trailer or something like that. That'd be That'd be kind of, like, a cool way to go about it. Oh, yeah. That game looks like it'd be really cool. And the Bloodborne vibes is like, it's already something that's making me six to midnight, you know? Because we're all a sucker for Souls likes. Mm hmm. Did you ever play, uh, did you ever play Bloodborne, Marcus? I, I did. That was probably my least favorite out of all the Souls likes. Um, Fuck I, you. I need to revisit it though. Um, I don't really like super dig that like Victorian gothic, like style. Victorian, yeah, yeah. But I'm I, the same I don't way. know. Liza P seems kind of similar to that, but maybe it's just because it's familiar um, that I'm digging it. But I don't know. I, I need to give Bloodborne more of a chance. I, I'll say that I didn't. Um, I didn't stick with it long enough to really make a definitive um, opinion on it. I guess. Um, so that that is definitely a game I'll revisit at some point and and beat. But um, so far, it's kind of my least favorite out of the Souls games. Maybe Dark Souls too, uh, but it, it's rough. pretty close. I yeah. wanted to jump back into Bloodborne after the uh, 
Demon Souls remake, but when I downloaded it through uh, PlayStation Plus, it's still locked at like 30 frames per second. It just feels like it kind of chugs kind of hard. So I'm trying to hold out and see if they, yeah, I'm trying to hold out and see if they actually ever remaster it or give it that uh, FPS boost. Maybe if they lose 5.9 billion, they'll fucking be forced to do a nice remake of that real quick. There we go. (laughs) Well, speaking of Souls-like, that's all we got for news, boys. But uh, I I love this question. And this question came from Chonky Thickums, uh, one of our viewers and friends of the podcast. And he said, if you could design a theme for a From Software team to develop in their next game, what world and theme would you choose? And then he gave an example that said uh, a Celtic mythology based one with a playable character being a druid, druid that can shapeshift into three forms, one land, one sky and one water, and they all have their own combat strengths. And the castles would be like Ireland of the old times. Be pretty cool. Um, Sounds sick. I don't know. The only thing that's really coming to mind for me would be like, I know we've seen uh, the siege. That's that kind of like Dark Souls ish, like sci fi game. Um, I'd like to see them actually take that on like that team actually like, you know, make their own version of like a sci fi style uh, souls kind of game, Uh, kind of like a planet exploration, um, something like that. I think that'd be kind of cool to see. It would be cool. Have you played those? I haven't. I didn't get around to them. Um, I know you you were uh, recommending them to me and I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, I played the first one. It's pretty cool. Um, I, you should give that a shot if you get a dry spell. What about you, Kevin? You got something teed up for this? Um, Cameron said space, right? Sort of. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> something like that would be sick, honestly. Like, I mean, who wouldn't want like a, an atomic punk style like space game? You know, like something like fucking those old school vintage like round round fucking helmet you know fucking with the the blaster that looks like a laser beam you know the or laser gun i guess with a little ball at the end with a little sort you know like that kind of style that kind of style souls game would be tight like something something where it's like 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 cameron was saying like planet exploration space exploration something like that would be really cool or at least just put it on an alien planet if you're not going to do any like actual space exploration just go on an alien planet and do something like that that would be fun also um i want to take this question a little bit further and if like we can make a game with the souls born style um being made from from software um i would like to uh, see them make a zelda game because i think zelda zelda is one of those games that story wise is is great but the gameplay wise like it's it's lacking in difficulty it's the gameplay is fun but it's not hard i mean most bosses only take three three hits and you're good uh at least the original zelda's um that big uh the dongo thing i'm looking at you anyways um yeah so a space for the question here a space theme would be fucking awesome um for the modified question zelda nice so honestly for me like the ideal environment was kind of what elden ring did Uh, 
like that that's like my number one um but something that i thought was super cool if i could design like the next one that would translate into this um be kind of similar environment with like the forestry landscapes and stuff like that but picture you play as like a protagonist who's a wizard um battling like insecurities and stuff like that and i'm going to take a heavy emphasis from like Hal's moving castle here um there's like wild wizarding transformations that are associated with like your internal battles and insecurities and anger and stuff like that um i would love a good story surrounding that internal struggle um paired with an insane open world that starts out traditional soul style you get these amazing like wizarding creatures kind of in that forestry style and stuff like that and the flip side of it you join like these cobblestone cities so similar to like a studio ghibli house thing where you're going into these cities and then it erupts into like a wizarding war and and you know like the old blimp styles the the airborne uh bicycles and stuff like that lots of bombs going off everywhere and it erupts into that with like a good story um you as your protagonist like similar to how's how he transforms into that crow thing you can fly and stuff and and really visit some of those aerial um type of battles and stuff like that and, and i just would love to have like a really good story paired with the souls like with even like cinematic cuts and stuff like that and i just think a cool like wizarding world like like that would transform well into a souls game so i thought that would be cool that does I think sound a guy cool. that was super against magic and uh dark souls and all those games like being a wizard like that's kind of surprising for you yeah i mean you don't necessarily have to use the wizarding powers in that um i, I think it would be cool to have like more emphasis on the summons um and if you were able to create like a challenging environment in that i think that would be cool um because that's definitely a lot of part of that but the wizarding more in howls rather than using it for combat is used for like getting around and stuff like that but I still think you'd be able to pair uh, different weaponry and different fighting styles into a game like that. Walk walk around and bonk people on the head with your staff, like Gandalf. Yep. <laughs> <Well, not> a... <laughs> I like that idea, though. That sounds fun. Yeah, that's super in depth. My brain goes places. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, I think that's all we got. We'll uh, catch you in two weeks for the next episode. Peace out. Later. Let's go.